Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, I wanted to share something with you that came um, out of our Bible reading from uh, Numbers chapter 20. Um, in fact, there'll probably be a couple that a couple that I shared. I think today's, and then I'll share again tomorrow out of Numbers chapter 20. But it's it's that passage, uh, just verses 1 through 13, um, where it looks like God loses his temper over something that was really small. Like if all we know and see um, is what we read, and we just notice something that Moses did, which seems so trivial, it it kind of points or it kind of paints this picture of God being someone who just loses his temper way too quick. And so let's start in verse one and just kind of run through and see whether or not that's actually what happens. Uh, so you get to chapter um, chapter twenty. Actually, you start in verse two. It says, "Now there was no water for the congregation." And they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished uh, before the Lord. Now he's talking about uh, Korah's rebellion a couple chapters back. Um, and, and it hit me again in verse 3, how often the people of Israel made some kind of statement or claim like this. Would that we had perished uh, with our when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And I just wrote this in my in the margin of my Bible, just so dramatic. Now here's the thing: we also have to relate with them. If I'm a parent during this time and there's no water and my little ones are thirsty, I might get a little bit nervous and I might get a little bit dramatic and I might just start I might start worrying, um, even though. Um, they've seen God come through before. In fact, uh, one of the times it's in Exodus where they didn't have any, uh, they didn't have any water. Um, Moses was told by God to go and to smack a rock, and God gave water to everyone. I mean, a couple million people were given water by God providing them water in the middle of the wilderness. And so, but I'm what I'm praying for is that if I look at my life and I've seen God's provisions throughout the years. That when I face something of uncertainty, uh, some situation that comes up that leaves me with this uncertain feeling, um, where I start to worry, what, what I pray happens is that I'll remember, that the Holy Spirit would remind me of what He's done in the past in His provision. That if I, if I would stop long enough and remember um, what God has done, slow down, take a breath, um, try to recall, and just think through. And yes, always going back to look at what God did in the cross. Look at how God provided salvation, redemption. Look at what Jesus did in providing for people while he was walking on the planet. I always, you can always go back to that. But I also want to encourage us to go back to what God has done personally for us. Look back. A psalm that I go to often, Psalm 13, where David is crying out to the Lord, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? If you've been part of Ignite City for a while, I use this passage all the time. I bring it up because it just shows a person who's who is given the 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 title um, or is the has the reputation that God gives him as a man after my own heart, but he's he's freaking out. There's something that's terrifying him. He says, "How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Uh, how long?" He asks he asks that question. How long? Four times, and then he says in verse three, "Consider and answer me, O Lord. Lift up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death." Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. What he's saying is, God, if you don't come through, this is what's going to happen. And all of us do that. We all have in our minds the end result of what's going to happen if God doesn't save the day. But then you watch this. 
When you go back to, ver when you continue on in Psalm 13, look at verse 5, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. He's going back. I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. He's thinking, he's looking to the future. He says, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So again, you can sit there and go, okay, I'm looking back to what it is that God has done and he's been good to me. So friends, that's what my prayer is for you and for me is that when we when we face those uncertain times, those terrifying times, when a situation or crisis comes up that is far beyond our ability to actually fix or to do anything about except endure and to trust the Lord, that we would go back and remember what it is that God has done and how he's pulled uh, how he's how he's pulled things off on our behalf that leave us amazed with his miraculous intervention and his ability to provide what it is that we need. So when I look at them, I go, come on, guys, don't be so dramatic. But how often have I done the same thing? But I also at least want to be honest when I'm looking in the passage. So I wrote that. And then you then get to verse 5. He says, and why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It has no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Now, here's the part. The reason that they were in the wilderness still and not in the promised land is because when the spies were sent out, all but Caleb and then Joshua, but all especially Caleb was a, a leader of his tribe, they all come back. They all came back with these reports that, yes, the land is amazing, but we can't beat the people. And they started to create division. They started saying this to all the people to where the people were afraid and didn't want to move forward. And God pretty much, because of their rebellion, said anyone from, I think, it was, I think it said from 20 years and up, uh, anyone in that age will not go into the promised land. The promised land is for those who are younger because they were unwilling. They rebelled. They went against what God said. They didn't trust him. So the reason that they were still wandering in the wilderness was not because of Moses. It was because of themselves. But all of a sudden you find them blaming Moses. You find them blaming Moses because Moses is in charge. Moses is the leader. And so when you look at it and you're going to continue verse 6, and this was a huge point for me. I highlighted it in my Bible. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces and the glory of the, of the Lord appeared to them. Here's why it's so important to me. That when they had people that were coming up against them um, as leaders of so many people, the congregation of Israel came up against Moses. The first thing they did was not to defend themselves or to fight back. They went to God. They went to the tent of meeting and they cried out to him, which means they, they prayed. They fell on their faces and they sought the Lord. And God responds. God answered. My prayer is that I would continue to move into that place. Guys, I, I have, this hasn't been the natural thing for me for the majority of my walk with Jesus. It's usually as something comes up, um, I'll deal with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with some things. I'm gonna, everything I can think of doing, I will do those things and then I'll pray. It's recently where I found myself starting with prayer, and I want that to become the norm. It's not, it's not yet, but I want it to become the norm that when something comes up, the first thing that I do, my first reaction and my and my favorite response is to pray, is to go to God. And then God answers. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So in this one. He tells he tells Moses, I just want you to gather everybody, grab the staff, but I don't want you to do I don't want you to smack it like you did in Exodus 17. What I want you to do is I want you to speak to a rock. I want you to talk to a rock 
and tell it to give you water and it will. Guys, that's an act of faith. It's, it's one thing to do it by yourself. It's one thing if God said, just come here, let me show you what I'm going to do. Now talk to the rock. No one's noticing and you do it. But he says, I want you to grab everyone. I want you to get the whole community together, which is a lot of people, or maybe maybe it's just for the whole community. Assemble the congregation. Maybe it's like a specific amount of people or it's leadership that are overseeing uh, tribes. I don't know, but it's going to be a big group of people. And then he says, I want you to grab, I want you to gather them, grab your staff, and then I want you to walk over to that rock. And I want you to tell the rock, just speak to the rock and tell it to give you water. And it says, so you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And then you see Moses and Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Verse 10, then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, here now, you rebels. Now that's the thing. I think Moses is irritated. He's a little frustrated. He says, here now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. Now, here's the thing. It looks like it all it all turned out great. I mean, when here comes Moses, and he lifts up his hand, strikes the rock twice, and then water comes out. It's like, well, yeah, God answered. But notice the Lord's response to Moses in verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Now we could look and say, well, God, this it, all they did was strike the rock twice. I mean, he just struck the rock. It happened. It, it, that's the way you told him to do it last time. But here's the thing. That's not the way he told them to do it this time. Last time was last time. This is now. And he, he specifically said, just speak to the rock. Now we could sit there and go, yeah, but it wasn't that big of a deal. But notice, remember, God knows our hearts. He knows every thought that we have. He knows them from afar. He knows what we're going to think before we think them. In fact, in fact, friends, when we think of God being eternal, God knows every thought that we've ever had or will ever have as if it's all one time. I mean, God knows everything about us. And so, God knows the intentions of Moses' heart. This wasn't just an act of rebellion or anger, like he's frustrated with the people. This was what God had against Moses was this. He said, because you did not believe me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. That's what God had against Moses. The same way that the people of Israel refused to go to the promised land because they did not trust God is the same thing that Moses did, but in a different way. That Moses lost sight of trusting in what it is that God can do and therefore simply doing what it is that God says or said to do. He said, just speak to the rock in front of everyone and Moses smacked it. But the heart behind it was not, oops, I made a mistake. The heart behind it was Moses didn't trust him. And friends, I can say that I've been guilty of that so many times in my life that God has to continually remind me, and yet there's still grace. It's not like God then took Moses, killed him, and then said, and then the story's over. There's still grace, and you'll still see that the Lord spoke to him, and you'll see it as we continue to read through the book of Numbers. I mean, I highlighted it each time. Uh, you see it, he mentions that the Lord spoke to Moses in chapter 20, verse 23, uh, chapter 21, verse 8, uh, chapter 21, verse 34. And so God is still speaking to Moses, and I believe that's still connected to his grace 
grace that God still loves Moses. God is still using Moses, but he specifically told him, you will not be taking the people into the promised land. Verse 13, he says, these are the waters of Meribah, uh, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. That word quarreled means to be in a state of hostility and opposition to another person or group. It means to contend against or contend with, to bring a lawsuit forth. And so what they're doing is like they're standing against God. They learned, okay, we're standing against God. And that's what uh, that's why they named the waters Meribah. Meribah means quarreling, so that's why they named the waters that. Friends, I want to make sure that as we continue to walk with the Lord, that we would learn, remember what it is that God has done, um, learn from those things that he has shown us. And then when God calls us to do something that's similar, then maybe he gives us specific instructions that we'd remember what God has done in the past that would encourage us and embolden us to completely obey God and to completely obey him in every aspect because we actually trust him and we know that he is holy. Guys, we want our hearts to be right before God. And so maybe we need to confess, God, I am so sorry that there are so much of my days, so much, so many of my days and so many of our, so many of the hours of my days where I don't know that my heart trusts you. I confess that before you and I want to repent from that and then ask the Holy Spirit, would you help my unbelief? Would you help me to trust you no matter what? And then move forward in the grace that God has, um, has for us and wants to, wants to give to us. He wants to lavish us with his, um, with his grace. And so, friends, I hope this is encouragement as well as a challenge for you. I know that it was for me. Love you guys more than you know. We'll talk soon.